Hi, this is Davidson Young, and welcome to another episode of the Leaders Foundry podcast, where leaders are forged and fortified. I've always been interested in learning about leadership in tough situations. In this episode, I have a conversation with John Sitar, a fire captain for the city of Ontario, and my uncle by marriage. The pressures of working for a corporation is very different than the demands of being a fire captain. But there's a lot of parallels, especially when it comes to leadership. Enjoy. We'd love for you to introduce yourself and what you do. All right. My name is John Sitar, and I'm a fire captain with the city of Ontario in Southern California. And I'm on an engine company. And on that engine company, there's myself, an engineer, and two firefighters. So I've been with the city since 1988. Um, so quite a few quite a number of years and I've been a captain for 16 of those years uh-huh. so and I've had probationary firefighters probationary engineers um, you know some emergency calls some mm-hmm. are remarkable some are not so remarkable but mm-hmm. you know for those persons or the different people that were involved mm-hmm. you know it was an emergency emergency to them it could have been life-changing um, you know, there's just a, a big cadre of of calls that I've been on and they're they're fantastic I mean every day is different mm. um, I, I love my job I get a chance I get a chance to be a leader I get a chance um, to lead people I get a chance to inspire people I also get a chance to learn mm-hmm. and that's the, I to me that's one of one of many facets of being a leader mm-hmm. um, you have to be able to recognize a style that you have um, it works for me it doesn't work for other people but at the same time, you have to be able and open to learn that leaders um, manage and they all have different styles. Mm. Which It's actually pretty fascinating because you start a career with, with someone. And there's actually, when I was hired there were, in 1988, there were 28 of us that um, were hired at the same time. Um, some, some of us or them have uh, remained the rank of firefighter. Mm went to engineer, went to captain, and actually had one, one of us that I started with, he rose through the ranks and became the fire chief and then uh, eventually the city manager. So, you know, we don't know what's going to happen when we start. You know, we don't know how everyone has aspirations, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how far those aspirations will carry us. Right, right. Their ambition or their abilities. Yeah. It's just just fascinating because we all start as in a mold and then, um, you know, as a probationary firefighter, and then from that mold, we can choose our destiny. Mm-hmm. We can aspire. Um, and sometimes we're just happy being what we are mm-hmm. because, like I said earlier, every day is different. And right. leadership, I, on my crew, I give all of us the ability to lead mm-hmm. on different calls. Well, what, so. what, what does it, like from... Um people in the public, what don't people see in terms of responsibilities of a fire captain? Um, well, it's, you know, we have our, our role on a, on, on a call and, and where the way I look at it is that my responsibility to my crew is that at work we learn and we enjoy our day, we have mm-hmm. fun, but the most important thing for me is that we all come home safe. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest responsibility that I have. You know, we we go to emergencies and and people when they dial nine one one, they see whatever the situation that they have at their house as an emergency. Right. Um, 
sometimes that emergency could be something as simple as the water heater broke and it's flooding their house. Uh-huh. You know, they, right. they see that as an emergency. Um, you know, we don't go out with lights and sirens because mm-hmm. that's not a life or death emergency. But we right. do go there and we, and we take care of the problem. Right. Now, somebody might be having a baby. You know, and of course, that everyone would see that as an emergency because more than likely, yes, most life, you yeah. know, right, yeah. it could be life threatening because something yeah. could happen to the child. But, um, you know, that's that's why we have hospitals, right? Mm-hmm. And and hopefully, the person goes to their appointments and whatnot, and and you know, the doctors have a pretty good educated guess as to when the baby's going to come. But when mm-hmm. the baby's ready to come, they right. they show up. <laughs> you know, so there's nothing. Nothing that we can do to prevent that, mm-hmm. and what we're so what we're there for is we're there for the baby and the mom. Okay, you know to make sure that everything's going to be safe and whatnot. So, and then every so often we do get fires. Right. And with the advent of nine one one, the advent of smoke detectors, mm-hmm. fire extinguishers, and and so on, um, those are all prevention tools. Okay. And with prevention. Um, prevention is is great and that in a way is kind of putting the fire service out of business mm. so there's less fires for you there are there are less fires so, and that that comes with education right. and leadership and right. whatnot so when when there's so much downtime not mm-hmm. not fighting fires how right. do you keep um your team or the other firefighters sort of motivated and ready so uh, so where i work is a rather busy station so mm. We can get 10 calls a day, or we can mm. get as many as 21 calls a day. Okay. And that's in a 24-hour period. We start at okay. 7 in the morning, and then we end at 7 the next morning. Right. Sometimes it carries over a little bit, mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, most of us get there half an hour before work. Okay. And the bell goes off, and then we jump on the engine, and, mm-hmm. and we do what we do what we do. But going back with all that prevention, you know, we, we are in the business of educating people okay. as to what... Right what they can do to stop to firefighters, it. right, to pre- prevent fires. And so we go to businesses in our downtime, okay. and we have so many inspections that we do to businesses. Okay. And then that way, the reason for that is it's it's multifaceted. We go to businesses to show them what they need to do to, to be safe. So it's as simple as, some of the things are as simple as having numbers on their buildings. Hmm. Because sometimes they so don't have the address. Have to locate it. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So we know how to get to a building. We understand that. But with the advent of cell phones, mm. all right? So a cell phone, somebody will get on their phone and they'll get rid of their landline at home and they'll dial 911. Right. Well, in the state of California, what can happen is uh, you, that phone number that you dial 911 right. from. It's not the right address. Or that's, they, well, yeah. they, don't, right. they don't know where they are. Right, right. So the 911 operator, he or she could answer the phone in Sacramento, right, or San Diego, or Ranch Cucamonga, where we are right now, anywhere in the state, and so you have to tell them, "Oh, oh I'm at such and such an address." Well, yes, they can triangulate. Right. That all takes time. Yeah. With that time, let's say it were, and they were reporting a fire, and so with time, fire grows and it grows and it grows, right. and people don't oh, know where they are. Yeah. yeah. So in the and I don't want to call it the old days, but before cell phones. In California, they have what's called E nine one one. So you dial nine one one from your house phone, right? And you can and track it, it already. Automatically yeah. show. I see. Yeah. So that's actually a great lesson for, for it, listeners. It is. And so <laughs> remember where you are. Yeah, we yeah. kind of have an idea, yeah. and so we reinforce that with um, you know 
know, kids when we go and right. do a Learn Not to Burn program or right. we um, stop, drop, and roll, any of those programs. So, but back to the inspection. So the numbers on your building, just to know where you are, right. all right, as well as in the business, we want to make sure that they have a fire extinguisher okay. and it's mounted in a, in a um, very visible place mm -hmm. and it's marked and that it's up to date. And then also we look for electrical cords, which are known as zip cords, okay. um, because they don't have fuses on them and they get overheated. Um, so we look for the improper storage of flammable liquids, different things like that. And because we need the businesses to stay in place, to right. be in business, because they provide a service, we mm -hmm. provide a service, right. and we want to make sure that we don't have to use the ultimate service, which right. is putting going out their out fire. Right. 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 We don't mind going out, we don't mind doing the inspections, but to keep up on all those things, it's kind of kind of trying at times at mm -hmm. our fire station because we're so busy. Right. But it's a very important aspect of the job, fire prevention. In our downtime, we go and visit elementary schools. We, are, we actually um, go to do college days mm. at elementary schools, oh, believe really? it or not. Okay. Not just high schools, not just junior highs. Uh -huh. So it's, it's a lot of fun. We're very involved in our community okay. in the city of Ontario. And that... That's just something that we do, something that's been inbred, and that's we strive to keep to be involved in the community. Mm -hmm. Because if, if we're not, they don't realize why they don't have an understanding right. why we're there. Right. Exactly. And so being involved in the community at a I want to say a young age when I first started back in eighty eight with the city of Ontario, I saw the importance and then um, the leaders that I had they instilled in us the importance in community support, right. being involved. Because when you have a young child, you know, when you can influence them and educate them and show them what you do, mm -hmm. then they aspire to do something as well. Right, right. Be that a teacher, be right. that a janitor, be that a lawyer, be mm. that a banker, be mm. that anyone, an airline yeah. pilot, a flight attendant, mm. anything. So what inspired you to become a firefighter? Well, I was supposed to be an electrical engineer. Okay. <laughs> so I got accepted to San Diego State's program, and then um, we couldn't afford it. And so I swam in, in high school, mm. and then I uh, figured, hey, in, in college, you know, I can swim and, mm -hmm. and then it, um, become a lifeguard. You know, while in college, you know, you have to have a job. So I became a janitor. You know, I was a janitor for a year. And then I became a lifeguard. Mm -hmm. And uh, while I was lifeguarding, there were some firefighters that swam, and they said, hey, okay. You know, you, you like being involved with the public. You like, oh. uh, you know, helping people. Um, you know, they said, well, you, know, you should try this out and, oh. and be uh, become CPR certified and okay. teach classes. And because we're always talking to people, okay. always we're doing presentations, um, talking in front of community service clubs, in front of you know, elementary school kids, high school okay. kids, parents, everyone. Mm -hmm. So it, it became... Hmm. speaking part oh. it's interesting that you bring up that skill because not i don't think a lot of people think about firefighters as like oh you have to be good with people and yeah. public speaker and represent the right we do we you know we we put the uniform on uh, we represent mm -hmm. we represent the city right and um you know a lot a lot of times as soon as you you put the uniform on mm -hmm. you know you you automatically are in the role of leadership right and it's just, you don't have to say anything. You right. have the uniform on. And, and hmm. sometimes people 
have an understanding what the uniform means. Right. And sometimes they don't. And so sometimes at work we have to be a little bit vocal mm. about why we're there or what we do or mm. giving direction or, or providing leadership. Um, but it's as, as simple as telling somebody they need to move this way or move that way or not do this or mm. not do that. So, um, you know, there's a lot of responsibility with being a leadership right. and, or being a leader and having leadership roles. But some people, I learned at a, at a young age, it's not, uh, my dad taught me, it's not the uniform at times. It's mm. the person that's there. Mm -hmm. You know, you, mm. you have to give respect to the person that's in the uniform, um, you know, because they've ob obtained that rank, they've ob obtained, mm -hmm. you know, the ability to put that uniform on. Their peers have have uh, entrusted in them, mm -hmm. you know, that that role of leadership. Um, and then at, at the same time, when you take it off, um, some people expect that same leadership, same. Mm -hmm. yeah, or that same amount of respect. Whereas I I learned at a young age that. Um, it's just manners. Mm. You know, mm. people have gotten away from saying, oh, mm. they have manners. Well, a lot of people say they have respect. Well, no, mm. you, at a young age, you learn your manners. Mm -hmm. You know, open Mr. the door respect. for yeah. your mom. Open, you know, open the door for somebody that has groceries in hand and they mm -hmm. can't open the door. That, is that respect or is that manners? And mm. people, people get them confused a lot. Mm. So, so, how, so how does that translate into leadership? In the, in the leadership role... You learn the manners at a young age, and mm -hmm. those, and then, when you become an adult, you've taken all those things that your parents have mm -hmm. taught you, and you you form a style of mm -hmm. leadership. And my style at work is a great example is, I have to give orders at work, and and I tell tell guys, the things that we do, some of the things that we do, are life and death at work. Mm -hmm. And some and the majority of the things that we do are not. So, let's say we go out and you know every day we we cook, we cook dinner, and we go to the grocery store mm -hmm. and we shop. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are under the impression that the city pays for it. No, mm -hmm. the city does not pay for it. We yeah. all we all fund it chip on in. our own, yeah. right? We all okay. chip in. And so my leadership style is: What do you guys want to have for dinner? Now, so, is that a life or death yeah. question that I'm giving them? It's mm -hmm. a question, right? Right. Well, it, it could be. It could be because let's say a guy is allergic to nuts right. and I want to cook, uh, you know, macadamia nut crusted fish. Uh -huh. well, well, nah, not a good, <laughs> right, not a right. good decision that day. Right? <laughs> right. Right. So that, so that question could be life yeah. or death. But on the other hand, yeah. on the other hand, if no one is allergic to nuts, yeah. then it's fine. Yeah. Then it's, then it's not a loaded mm. question. So there, there's, um, a lot of things in here. It's so understanding each of your team members, mm -hmm, right? That's right? Each firefighter, sure. but it's also it, it. seems like you're building that trust and that rapport and the camaraderie yes. in the downtime, so that when it becomes a life and death situation, right? It's Our, already built in there. It's it's, it's okay. already built. Yes, and so we all have the ability, like I said. To lead, so everybody. There's four of us. Mm -hmm. So in in our cycle, the way we work is, we're on and off. In eight days, we work four of those eight okay. days. And so myself being the captain, I cook the first shift. The engineer, the senior firefighter, the junior firefighter. So okay. we all take take turns cooking, and we all know, you know, working together and whatnot. Yeah. You know, I 
I personally don't care for lima beans, but I'll eat them to okay. be polite. So, <laughs> but everything else is, you know, I, I enjoy. Right. And so, um, one of the guys, he, um, doesn't eat pork and the other mm-hmm. guy doesn't eat shellfish and okay. and so we we know these things but yeah. so cooking a meal yeah. being a leader you know it yes yes you are because every day it's a different person mm-hmm. that gets to make the choice of what right. we're going to eat right. now at a, at a fire an emergency when i say it's time to do i need you to pull you know i don't say i, I need you to pull this hose right you know ryan pull the instant three quarter to the door right and he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't yeah. And that's through training. That's through repetitive training. Mm. That's through trust. Now he he only has a year, two years on, mm. two years on the job. Okay. So he doesn't know a lot of things yet. Okay. So he he looks to me and then right. the senior firefighter for direction and how to apply water or what door to go on into. So through time and learning and training, then he can show the a same. junior firefighter right. what needs thing. to be done and whatnot. Because yeah. a lot of in my job, being a leader is training the people below you mm-hmm. how to do your job because they should be. Right. You should be training whoever's to, below you to, to replace you yeah. to become right. a leader. Right. And then it, in my job, it's not. Mm. It's very similar to the military. Whereas mm. if I were to go down, somebody, somebody needs has to, to step up, up right, right away right. and pick up and keep running. Right. right. Because there's no room. There's no room for us to stop and think and rethink yeah. and what if and I can't do this no you mm-hmm. need to do it right. and I you know I'm 50 and so I tell the guys at work I say I would never tell you to do something that I wouldn't do mm-hmm. and there's a couple of reasons for that you know the, the job that we do is life and death at times and if I can't do the job I shouldn't be doing the mm-hmm. job right. all right now I'm 50 I'm not 23 anymore mm-hmm. that's what, how old I was when I got hired with the city so what I could do at 23, I could do it faster. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could be quicker. Um, I didn't know what I know today. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when to speed up or when to slow down back then. Right, right. Now, now you got all right, that. Yeah. I have Wisdom. that. Yeah. I have that um, through learning, through other leaders, um, showing me what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. And so that goes for everyone. You know, whenever I work with somebody, I can do that job. But I can't do it as fast and right. as quick as you can right. because you're 23, you're right. 25 or whatnot. Yeah. So, and then at times, as the captain, you know, we don't do everything that a firefighter does. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, yes, I'll take the hose and go in. Right. And yes, I'll be on the nozzle. But I'm not supposed to be doing that. Right. I'm supposed to be leading. Directing, I'm supposed yeah. to be directing them. Right. I'm supposed to be showing them how to do it. Mm-hmm. And it isn't isn't showing them through me grabbing the hose. It's mm-hmm. me showing them through directing. So, And that's hard sometimes because the excitement, the adrenaline. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it's stress. a rush. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's not stress. Oh. It's, a, it's, a, it's an adrenaline rush that okay. we get. And yes, there is stress when we're in a stressful situation, mm-hmm. but the adrenaline kicks in. And when we okay. do repetitive training, the repetitive training becomes second nature. Okay. So, And all those things kick in and, mm-hmm. and it's... I don't want to say, at times it can be, you can be like a conductor for a symphony, mm-hmm. you know, and everything goes just right. right. But there are times when that are out of our control mm-hmm. that you can be directing, but things go wrong. Mm-hmm. So things might take a turn. Um, you know, we've had, had it before where we had a fire and, 
and we depend on water out of the fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come out. Right? And <laughs> that's right. Sometimes it doesn't well, come out because the hydrant isn't working. Right. Or the water system shut down. Mm. And we don't know about it. So we only have 500 gallons yeah. you know, in the in the tank in the engine. And so 500 gallons will put out a lot of fire. But you know, we're dependent upon the fire hydrant to have water. Right. And sometimes... Right. You know, so we have to have another plan, right, right? You know that kicks in. So, mm-hmm. and that and that's part of being a leader. There's, you know, you have your A plan, which is the best right. plan or plan number one, and then there's a hiccup or a roadblock yeah. or there's no hi- water in the hydrant, and now you so, have to you always have to have a B and then sometimes right. a C so and it's then a, a D plan. It's decision making and the there's uh, a lot of decision like very making. quick decision making, right? Very quick, right. but that's part of being a leader is that you're. You know, you have those three other people mm-hmm. that you're worrying about, and and you need to make sure that you have more than one plan. Right. right. You know, there's always the best plan. Yes. And then the second, and the third. But we don't have time. You know, you have to recover, but recovery is instantaneous. Mm-hmm. So you can't right. take five minutes right. or oh, time out. Yeah. We're gonna. You have to like assess in, the situation. <laughs> yeah, like in like in the movie industry, you know, they can oh cut, we're gonna right. reset. Right. Cut, we're gonna reset. Well, right. we don't get a reset. Right. You know, we, it's we in don't the moment. have, yeah. right. We don't real have time. that opportunity. Right, so it's right. very real time. Right. And then a lot of people are dependent upon us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the, what I love about the job. Right. People are, are dependent on us to get it right the mm-hmm. first time. There right. is no, there is no second, second time. Right. 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 Yeah. So you've been going up, up North to fight fires or actually in California fighting fires. Right. So I understand it's a, it's a completely different situation where firefighters are coming from across the country yes this is not your same crew right right so how do you build or form a team in that in that situation so what's interesting is that um, when we go when we go to go to different fires it could just be right here in southern california we haven't had that many this um, this summer but when you go to a fire normally as as a strike team there i'm a, I'm a trainee there's five engines mm-hmm. And so they would be from the surrounding area. Okay. And so what happens is maybe you know some of the people and maybe you don't. And what what I do is I find out who all is on the crew and I, mm-hmm. you know, just with a good old paper and pen. Yeah. And I write down their names. But everyone has another specialty. Okay. So in other words, on on my fire engine, there are there's the four of us. And two of us are paramedics, and one of us is a, a urban search and rescue technician. Okay. So those are the guys for an earthquake or a landslide that go in building collapse, that go in and rescue people. Mm-hmm. When we go to these different fires, we find out the other jobs or specialties okay. or, or training that everyone has. And so within that group, we could have mm. paramedics, we could have a hazardous materials technicians. Right. We could have uh, urban search and rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have bomb squad guys. We could have uh, dive team guys. I mean, there's yeah. all these different specialties. Mm-hmm. And so learning what everybody has to offer right. helps you become, right. Right, become a better leader. Because now, a good to me, a good leader surrounds himself by those who are trained in different areas. Mm-hmm. So I can't, as a leader know uh, urban search and rescue i know paramedicine uh you can't know everything i can't know everything but what i can do Mm -hmm. is i can surround myself by people that know those things right so Mm -hmm. if i have those specialties with me in a situation where to come up where i need those 
well, I'm not thinking, well, who here knows how to take care of a hazmat problem right. or a search and rescue problem? Right. Why well, have those know. people? Right. I know those people. And so I'm going to draw off of their experience, mm -hmm. education, leadership, mm -hmm. all right? Because, yes, I can direct, but I can't do the skill that they're right. trained to do. Right. So, and good leaders know they know what they have in mm -hmm. their group. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do when we go to those fires up north. I have guys on my fire engine that are wildland firefighters. I they see. worked for the Forest Service or for mm -hmm. CAL FIRE before they worked for us. Right. So they are going to have a good understanding of wildfire or mm -hmm. are we going to drive down this road? Are right. we not going to go up this canyon? Mm -hmm. Is there a saddle? So there? they know is the situations. Drop? and They and do. They have great situational. And what we call it is situational awareness. Mm -hmm. So they have great situational awareness, and and with that, I have a level of situational awareness, mm -hmm. but for me, mm -hmm. it's more for the city, for right. structural right. firefighting, commercial buildings. Their situational mm -hmm. awareness is for the wildland aspect. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning all the time, yeah. and then. So how how do you leverage that when it's you know you when you are driving down the. Uh, you know this road and there's a fire coming like how, how do you tap well, into that knowledge a lot of a lot of times what we'll do with the advent of technology mm -hmm. is we can get a map on our on our um, ipad mm -hmm. and look at the area before we drive in okay. so it's a satellite picture right, right. all right and so we can do so when we go to these wildfires they have topo topographical maps, mm -hmm. which shows the elevation. It'll show rivers. It'll show power lines. It'll show all these great things in there, mm -hmm. abandoned mine shafts mm -hmm. and whatnot. And with those topographical maps, we can kind of give a game plan to ourselves. Say, all right, the fire should, if it gets here, it mm -hmm. should go through this canyon. And we have what, when I was talking about situational awareness, we have trigger points that if the fire gets to here, we're not going to go there. Mm -hmm. Or if the fire gets here... We're going to evacuate the area. Okay. So we use what, and then a really good thing that we use leadership wise is, is we use the public. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this summer I went to, um, it was called the river complex. And if you go to Reading, when you get to Reading and you head due west a hundred miles, um, it's the home of Bigfoot. Okay. And so that's where the river complex was. And so we would use the locals mm -hmm. to tell us, hey, at what time of day does the wind mm -hmm. change? At mm -hmm. what time of day does the coastal yeah. influence come in? Right. Because I had never yeah. been there yeah. before. Right. The furthest north I had been mm -hmm. to is San Francisco, yeah. you know, in California. Oh. So I don't know the weather influences that we have. And a leader needs to recognize that at times, mm -hmm. right, they need to yeah. ask yeah. for help. Yeah. So you, you can't know everything. I can't. Yeah. I can't know everything. Right. But with the locals, and then I was able to meet up on a strike team that I was that I was on. There are some people there that used to live in the area, mm. and so they could tell. So yeah, this road is a mm. is a really good road to drive on. Um, you know, this is a dead end. Mm -hmm. um, there was a fire that went through here before, and this is what the fire did. And and so we're looking at fire behavior. We're looking at old fires as mm -hmm. leaders right. so we are able to make sure that our crews are safe because mm -hmm. when we study when we study the fires that have gone through there before that's going to educate us as to what how it can they do. behave or right, right. because the the um the topography isn't going to change right. so the mountain's going to be still be mm -hmm. there from right. 18 whatever right. or 1930 
it's still going to be there, but the growth is going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But the influences, you know, with global warming are true, and the drought, that's true. So those influence the behavior of the fire. Mm-hmm. And so we have to, you know, we depend on the locals a lot. Mm-hmm. And of course, we depend, they have at these big fires now, we actually have meteorologists mm-hmm. that are there mm-hmm. with us, and they actually put up temporary weather stations. Right, right. So with the leadership aspect, we have to take all this information mm-hmm. and formulate a game plan. But we depend on the people within our strike team, within our group, you know, if they have prior fire knowledge right. for that situational right. awareness. Right. When you come up with a game plan, mm-hmm. how do you then communicate it to the team? And then if, if the game plan changes, how do, how do you react okay, so, uh, and communicate that back? So at these, at these fires, it's... It's fabulous. I mean, they have, we have a briefing in the morning, Mm -hmm. you know, all these, there are all these different components out of fire that you would, you know, unless you go and see a base camp in action, you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, I didn't, I didn't understand. Well, they actually have, they have a supply unit, Mm -hmm. you know, which we get more fire hose. We Mm -hmm. actually fight fire with fire. We put flares in and whatnot. Um, They feed us. Mm -hmm. We have showers there, uh, meteorologists, Mm -hmm. communications, um, and communications with that, um, you know, we have Wi-Fi set up at base okay. camp, so that way we can download onto right, our iPads right. or onto our mm. smartphones, you know, the map of the fire, right. the whole map of the area. And so um, before, we would have to depend on paper maps. Right. Well, now we, you know, you have the Wi-Fi at base camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you download it, mm. and then now you have that downloaded into your phone, yeah. so you don't need Wi-Fi out in the middle of nowhere. Right. You know. It can show us where the fire is now, and then we can use that that map to show where the fire might mm-hmm. possibly go. So we still use paper. We use the Wi-Fi. Almost everyone has a smartphone now. Mm-hmm. And then that that's a way that we communicate. So we have this big briefing, and so the strike team leaders, division supervisors will go to that briefing. And then in turn, what we'll do is before we go out to the fire, then we will brief our crews. Like okay. I said, yeah. strike team leader, I have five engines, so I'll brief those crews as mm. well. So they're all aware of this, We're the all, plan and strategy. This is the okay. this is the strategy, mm. these are the tactics, and then this is the tra- tactics okay. and the strategy if we get into trouble. Okay, the plan B. or <laughs> The plan B or the plan C. Exit. Because sometimes, um, you know, we have these fire shelters that we wear, and we might have to deploy those. Mm-hmm. And that's a last-ditch effort. Okay. I've never had to deploy it, only in training. Okay. And uh, we did some training, and it was 105 that day. And we deployed them, and it was hot, and we were in them for about 10 minutes. And there okay. was no fire, okay. right? There was no yeah. fire. And so it's stifling in yeah. there. And then a helicopter mm-hmm. did a water drop mm-hmm. on us, and the temperature yeah. went down at least, it felt like 30 degrees. Right. I mean, it was it was awesome. Mm. And... Uh, so that gave us a little a little reality yeah. check. I'm I'm curious in you know in these um, situations, has there ever been a time when people lost their cool or you know the, and yes. And so so that is that's that's a great question because as a leader in those situations, you know we're supposed to be the last one to go into the shelter. Mm-hmm. So in other words, your crews, you make sure they're in, right. and we're going to communicate. We're going to talk. You know that there are several, there are several people that have deployed their fire shelters, mm-hmm. and they've survived. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the people that 
have not survived. Some said, I'm just going to get out and I'm going to mm -hmm. run. Right. And that, that doesn't mm -hmm. work because you can't outrun fire. Right. You know, um, fire is the only thing that runs faster uphill mm -hmm. than downhill. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, it's a, an anomaly that some people don't understand because it's everybody knows things pick up speed when they're going downhill. Right, right. But fire doesn't do that. Fire likes to go uphill go, because yeah. the flames are actually up. preheating right. the, the grasses right. and whatnot. And it just makes it travel that mm -hmm. much faster uphill mm -hmm. than downhill. Um, so, but there are people that have survived and they said, well, I am just going to, you know, step outside of my tent and take a breath mm. and be done. Oh, well. You know, and die. That's how, that's how close to the edge they were. You know, and as in, how do you try to calm them down or try to get them back you know, into... there's a, you, you know people talk about um, you know prayer mm. people talk about having good thoughts mm -hmm. a lot of the hand crews that walk into the fires with mm -hmm. the the axe the Pulaski's the McLeod's the shovels the chainsaws you know they they all have like cadences mm -hmm. and cheers and whatnot that they say mm. okay I've never been in oh. this situation but okay. everyone that that has spoken on it yeah. you know they they talk about Praying and yeah. family and having good thoughts and those things to keep their mind mm. off of that and uh, mm. you know some of them have thought about just stepping out and taking right, a breath right. and being gone so yeah it's a situation oh. I hope I never um, yeah. get into but again that's situational awareness but a fire is a living and breathing thing and mm. sometimes you could say okay it should do this or it should do that and it doesn't it doesn't pave the same the, no, what you expect it to be it doesn't yeah. so yeah. with the leadership you know the leader has to recognize when is the time to leave mm -hmm. when is the time to deploy right. your shelter right. when when do you listen to the locals when do you listen right. to people that have more experience than you mm -hmm. but maybe not the rank maybe right. they are of a lesser yeah. rank right. and a lot of leaders don't put credit in people that have a lesser rank, right, right. which is a shame because there are a lot of, of good people out there that have a lot of experience, mm -hmm. but they're happy being a firefighter or they're happy being engineer or they're happy being a captain. Yeah. And that doesn't make that make them any less of a right. leader that, that might mean that they have, you know, in the rank structure, they have a lesser rank, but you can't discredit education. You can't discredit experience, and, and that's different you know, strengths. And, right, and some people yeah. forget that. Right. You know, and I, I try not to because again, going going back to what I said before, some of the decisions that I make are not life and death. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. some of them are, yeah. but some of them are not, and it goes back to that cooking thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if if mm. people can recognize that as a leader, yeah. that some things you need to be firm. You need to say, take that hose through the door. Yeah, those are things that that mm. needs to be followed. Right, right. You know, to it's the a command team. in the in, right. in to that the situation. Team. Yeah, it needs to be followed. And some things, uh, well, we well today <laughs> what kind of beans you like. <laughs> right. Well, today you know we have we have an appointment. All right. right. We have let's say we have an appointment for the kids at ten o'clock to go mm. to a school to give a presentation. All right. And, th and this happens all the time because we're on a busy engine. Engine mm -hmm. company, all right. Now a nine one one call comes through. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I know what I need to do. We need to go on the 911 call. Right. Yes, and the kids are going to be disappointed. Right. But we're going to get back right. to them. Right. It might be at 11 o'clock right. or it might be at 2 o'clock. Yeah. But we're getting back to them. And then if we can't, we'll reschedule. Right. Um, so uh, as a leader, you have to recognize you know, you're going to prioritize, yes, this is a 911 call. Right. Right. Yes, we need to go and visit the school mm-hmm. because that's the future You know, to, to instill that fire prevention and mm-hmm. to teach kids to be safe. Right. But... You know, the priority is a 911 call. So. so what I'm really taking away from our conversation is that you're able to leverage different leadership styles yes. depending on the situation. Right. Downtime, you're, you're using much more of a democratic style and affiliative with your, with your team members. And then yes. when it's in, it comes to a, you know, a fire situation, life and death situation, you are more commanding and more direct. Right. So, so with, that, with that said... What happens, you know, I've, I've had the chance to come through a couple of ranks and I've had leaders that were poor leaders. Mm. And so they, they were dictators all the, all time, the time, all the time yeah. when you don't need you to don't be a dictator be, right. and you need to build camaraderie and you need to give um, other people a chance to lead. To lead right. And um, he, was a, he was a bad leader. He was a fantastic fire ground leader, mm. though. So when it came to the life the, in the station, yeah, the commanding, the, the public, or, yeah. right, yeah. wasn't a good leader. Giving us a chance to lead wasn't a good leader. Mm. But with that, I learned what not to do. Right. right. And so if you can learn as a leader, learn what not to do and remember that. To mm. me, to me as a leader, that's important because you learn a lot. You learn what not to do. You learn what you need to do. Right. You learn mm-hmm. that you need to give people the opportunity to learn and to lead. And you have to remember that everybody stumbles. Everybody mm-hmm. falls. Yeah. And he he didn't want to give people the chance to lead because he didn't want anyone to stumble to or, or to fall. Mm. And how can you do how can that? How you learn? Yeah. yeah. Without, yeah. Without and, and yes, there are... There are scenarios at work where you can't let that happen. Mm-hmm. But there are scenarios at work where you can let that happen. Where, like I said earlier, an emergency was the water heater running mm-hmm. and they couldn't shut it off. Right. Well, well that's, if you let the junior fireman yeah. kind of take, take lead, that yeah. over, take yeah. the lead on that, okay, we need to do this and this and this. Right. Well, those are small, small steps. Right. Small steps. Yeah. And you have to let people experience that. Mm-hmm. Now, I had another leader at work that uh, we would go to a fire and I'd be able to command it. And so he would only step in if the fire were to get larger. Mm. And maybe maybe he needed to step in um, because we needed to order more resources right. or whatnot. And so that was that was great because I could, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I knew that if I got into trouble, that... He would, he would, you can rely up. on, I could yeah. rely on him. Well, he'll or he'll notice that you he'll need notice help. it yeah. and I, that I did need help and then set me on the right course and then he would step back. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's a really different leadership skill. Yeah. Right. So get you on the, you know, rec- let you work right. and do your job. Yeah. And then if it got bigger, yeah. then he would step in hmm. and help so me he, out for a little bit. And right, then, right. and then he would step back in, in the same way. He's not letting you fail versus right. the other. The other example is he wouldn't even give you a chance. <laughs> a chance to yeah, fail, right? To fail. And, yeah. and and again, you know, everyone has to have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the way I look at it. Because how am I supposed to 
train somebody or lead someone to take my job. Right. All right. If I decide to promote up or when I decide to retire. Right. Because you have to. You have you to gotta get them ready. people. Yeah. Right. They have to get ready. They have to get experience, and they have to stumble a little mm. bit. You know, because not not everyone can lead right away. Right. right. You know, and and yes, there are situations where you have to pick up and lead, but if you've never had the chance to lead, then how can you be expected mm. to pick up and lead right. and stand up in front? Because I always, I always lead from the front. Mm. I'm not a lead from mm. behind. Right. There are times when you need to lead from behind in the job that I do, mm. I lead from the front mm. because there, there are situations that it has to be instantaneous and you have to rely on your training right. with, with leading, with leading from behind, um, those normally aren't decisions, le leadership that have to do with life or death situations. Right, right. Yeah. Great. Well, this has been wonderful. I think we'll leave it at that. That's a great. All right. uh, well, thank you very much, ending. Davidson. Thank you. I appreciate right. it. And with you doing these podcasts and showing different types of leadership, I know a lot of people will get a lot out of it. And as long as people recognize that there's different types of leadership and leaders have different roles. In today's world, there are not enough people mm -hmm. that want to lead. Yeah. There's a mm -hmm. lot of followers, and there's nothing wrong with following. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. some of those followers need to recognize that when there's leaderless groups, somebody needs to stand Thank up. you for it listening to this person, episode right? of the Leaders Foundry podcast. As always, you can subscribe and read us on iTunes. Also, we'll be doing future episodes using Q&A from that, the audience. So if you have a question that you would like answered, you can send it to hello at davidsonyoung.com. Thank you.